You are welcome to the podcast of Dominion Chapel International, the special place. We are a church that believes in pure worship, unadulterated word, and family. Be enlightened as you listen to this message. song I just want us to hear. Very interesting song. You might know the words already, but just listen to the words. Yeah. The accuser of the brethren finds a way to come before the holy church of all the earth. Points a finger at the faults and failings of the sins. Then he makes a case. Won't you judge them now? But of God, an advocate in heaven's court. My Redeemer and the High Priest of my soul, Jesus Christ, the Lamb, the Holy Lamb of God, when He hears the case, this is what He says. I see the blood, I see the blood, my precious blood. I see the blood, I see the blood, eternal saving blood. You don't have to cry. I have paid the price. Lift your hands to me. I see the blast. Say the Lord. I see the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. I see the blood. Father, we declare that this morning may our appreciation of your blood and the sacrifice on the cross be made evident to us. Lord, we enter revelation. As Paul prayed that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened, that we may know. Because in this covenant, it is finished. He didn't say that we may do. He said that we may know. It is in revelation that your revolution occurs. Today, open our hearts. May we intermingle with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. May our hearts be flooded the fortizo effect let there be a casting of the image of God's finished work upon our spirits and our soul that we shall walk as masters in this life masters of the universe authoritarians of the covenant and the ordinances of heaven 
Even in Jesus' name, we declare so. We call it down. Hallelujah. Can you clap your hands to Jesus? You may be seated. Have seated. Amen. Hallelujah. That song is by Nathaniel Basse. So, tomorrow I'll sing it again. <laughs> um, it's a very powerful song. Um, first of all, I want to salute the daddy of the house, Bishop Isaiah Fosukwachi himself. God, it's good to see you again. Hallelujah. <laughs> this is our Christmas. <laughs> this is when I usually see daddy. Uh, if I don't see him any time in the year, as for beauty, I'll see him. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to salute our mommy. Hallelujah. So good to see you, mommy. Such a blessing. Amen. Today, they are the young people. I'm the elderly person. Because I'm still in kaftan. They are in jeans. <laughs> and can we celebrate our resident pastor and his dear wife, Mama Rita, and all the pastors that are here. We celebrate you. Hallelujah. And I've not met Bishop. I just saw his picture. But you can see, I was telling my people in church some time ago, there's something called the honor and glory of God. And the honor of glory of God does not come by your physical actions that people see. It comes by your secret dealings with God. How you think, where your heart is, where your mind is. So without you speaking much, as soon as you come out, there's a weight of his presence that rests upon you. And as soon as I saw the bishop uh, on the poster, I realized there's a weight of God's glory on him. Can we celebrate our bishop? Thank you, sir. Good to see you. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Today I want to speak on the Holy Spirit and the blood. The Holy Spirit and the blood. The Holy Spirit and the blood. Interestingly, in the scripture, We see something very unique about the death of Jesus Christ. In fact, the uniqueness of his death is seen in his exaltation. You must know that when Jesus resurrected, he was exalted, but in his exaltation, his glorification occurred. Because the kind of glory Jesus was to inherit the earth was not enough to contain it. So he had to move above the clouds. He had to go into glory. He had to enter the realm of God to receive the fullness of the package. Hence, Romans chapter, uh, Revelation chapter 5, where there is the Lamb to receive glory, honor, riches. He had to receive that before principalities, powers in the heavenlies. Because the earth realm cannot contain that glory. If Jesus was glorified here, the disciples couldn't even stand to see him. No, 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 no. They couldn't even touch him because the glory he was to carry, it had to be done in the realm of God. Praise the Lord. But strangely enough, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, from the verse 5 down to 9, what we call the kenosis of Christ. In his exaltation, the Bible says, wherefore, God has highly, God has given him a name that at his name, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, the Greek language that was used there, um, in the Greek language, we have the active voice, passive voice, and middle voice. 
Now, the active voice is your own participation, your own action. Passive voice, you are a receiver of an action. But middle voice, you are both receiver and confer. You are the one who is carrying the action at the same time receiving the, 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 the product. And strangely enough, the Bible says, wherefore God has highly exalted him. Verse 8. Huh, go to verse 8. Verse 8. Huh? And verse 9. Verse 9. God has highly exalted him and given him a name. Now, the Greek voice for the word given is middle voice. That means that Jesus was receiving a name, but he was part of the council that gave him the name. <laughs> so the name that was given to Jesus was not done by angels. It was done by the Godhead. I'm saying that to bring your mind to this. So it means that Jesus who was receiving a name, the, the, the voice there is middle voice. So he was receiving a name with himself as participant of the people. It's like you are receiving a doctorate. And you that are receiving the doctorate, you are also part of the people giving you the doctorate. <laughs> it's only Jesus who can do that. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you must understand, the Godhead cannot function without a quorum. So when the Godhead is functioning, two can't do it without the third person. The three must function. Please figure what I said. For it to be the Godhead or the Trinity, it, must, it can't be two people. It can't be the Father and the Spirit. The, the Son must be part. I'm saying this to bring your mind to this. When I said the Holy Spirit and the blood, I know a lot of, a lot of you's mind have gone somewhere, but the truth of the matter is, the day Jesus died, the Godhead died. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. So, Though Jesus was dying, God was in Christ. <laughs> no wonder after the death, Jesus had to now present it to another person of the Trinity. He says that if he offered his blood through the eternal spirit, you should purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. But the purging process was not just done by the spirit. He said it, he offered his blood through the spirit, the eternal spirit. What that means is that the Holy Ghost was the medium by which Jesus' blood was shed. No wonder Acts chapter 20, verse 38 says something. Can we go there? Acts 20, 38. Roma Tescofalaya. Sorry, 32. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we read this together? Hallelujah. It's actually verse 28. That's what I was looking for. 28. It said, Now, take heed therefore what? Unto yourselves and to the flock where which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. And the shocking thing is that he didn't say with his blood so that you know it's Jesus Christ. But he used own. So in the sentence, it is, it's in reference to the subject, the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost purchased the church with his blood. Why? After purchasing the church with his blood, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? It means the Holy Ghost has bought your body. You were bought at a price. 
And in context, it was not the Lord buying because in context, he said, well, body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it is the Holy Ghost who bought you at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body and your spirits, which are on the earth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, time will fail us to talk about what happened on the cross. Of course. Too many, in, too many dimensions to the story. Too many dimensions to the story. Say, I've been bought at a price. Say, I've been bought with a price. Praise the Lord. Alright. So, why am I saying what the things I'm saying? Now, one of the things Christians do in the body of Christ is we have not yet understood the full technology of the blood. And today I want to bring you to the place to understand the full technology of the blood. In the New Testament, your advancement is not in doing, it is in seeing. Because it has already been done. So there is nothing you can do. You cannot complete a completed work, neither can you finish a finished work. It's already finished, so there's nothing to add to it. When you put full stop there, the next thing is a new sentence. <laughs> you don't continue the sentence. When Jesus said it is finished, the telestai, in the, Hebrew, in the Greek, it is the word, it is, it is the end. The end, if you are writing a new chapter, then you are starting a new story. But what God wanted to do, the end has been written. <laughs> so there's nothing you can add to the finished work. It's called finished. It's not finishing. Finished. It's not to be finished. Finished work. That is why Paul, when he came to the church, he said, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that ye may know. Did he ever say anything about doing that ye may know, that ye may know, that ye may know. He said that ye may know what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints. There is a glory, there is a calling. He said that you will know which he wrote in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and set him far above principalities and powers. If you read all Paul was asking us to do, he said that we may know, that we may know. Because if you know, it will change you. I'm telling you. If you know to change you, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our God and our, our Lord and, and Jesus our, our Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied. The more you know God, the more peace multiplies. <laughs> the more you know God, the more peace multiplies. The more you know God, the more grace multiplies. Imora katalabas. 1 Peter 1.13 says, get up the loins of your mind and hope unto the grace which is brought unto you at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a grace that comes when you see Jesus. Grace comes when you see Jesus. Favor comes when you see Jesus. No wonder he said to Martha, 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 you are careful for many things, but Mary has found a good thing. Why? The good thing was to sit down and lift your eyes to look at him. That was all. That's what Jesus said. She has found a good thing. The good thing is come and sit down and look at him. In the spirit, the technology is to behold. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Are we here together? That's why in the covenant scriptures and in everywhere in the Bible. Oh, I was sharing with some people recently. In the book of Genesis chapter 21. Very interesting story that really provokes my spirit. I've been reading that scripture for a while now, but when I saw it, my spirit was provoked. The Bible says that there was a woman called Hagar. 
And as she was going with her son called Ishmael, uh, they got to a place where they were out of water and she was dying of thirst. Then the angel of the Lord appeared and said, we have heard the cry of the boy and we have come. And he said, ah, we are, then he said, sir, we are dying of thirst. Then the Bible says, the angel touched Hagar and said, look, there is water. You know the strange thing of that statement? I've read it many years, but recently the Lord showed me. He said, Adam, I didn't say I've created water for Hagar. Isaiah said, I will make spring, spring forth in desert places. But that's not what I did that day. I just said to her, look. It means there was water all around, but she was blind to it. I, I wish you got that. That means that the problem is not the resource we don't have. It's the eyes we are not seeing with. So many blessings around you, you can't see. So the angel just came to open Hagar's eyes. There's water here. You have not seen it. You know, he didn't have to translocate Jacob to another house to be rich. He said, the same Laban who has cheated you, lift up your eyes and see. Genesis 31. So in that same house, your salary is coming. Your miracle is coming. And he left with sheep, goats, and cattle from the same man. He said, look and see. In the same land that the Philistine says there's no water, Bible says Isaac planted Genesis 26 and reaped the same year a hundredfold so that he increased in cattle, silver and gold and with men. That means he has entered as a stranger. Even the Philistines wanted to work for him. So it is not the absence of resource that the earth is suffering from. I said to you during a business meeting, the gold, the silver, the dollars, the trillions, they've not left the earth. No one dies to translocate money to the spirit. So from the monies of Mansa Musa to Solomon, everything is still on earth. Some people have not yet seen. That's why usually the technology of God is your eyes. Let there be a veil that is lifted. And it's the same with the blood. Because what I'm coming to share with you, I will explain to you why the Bible says they overcame the enemy by the blood and by the word of the testimony. You know, oh Lord Jesus, help us. The same Hebrews chapter 9 said, not all things are handled by blood. But God needed the blood of Jesus. Not for the earth alone, but for heaven. Because it was for the earth. As soon as the temple veil was torn and his blood touched the earth, it was enough. But Jesus said, touch me not. For I go to my father and your father and my God and your God. And tonight I'll see you. He went to offer blood in the heavenly temple. So God needed the blood of Jesus as well as we also did. Because Hebrews 9 said he purged the things after the similitude of the temple of heaven. And how can God use you to purge heaven? Lucifer had created the scarring of the heavenness. And they, so you think that it's just us who was waiting for the blood. The father was also waiting for it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Redemption is what a Christian enjoys by the sacrifice on the cross. But propitiation is what God enjoys by the bleeding of Christ. Have you read what Isaiah 53 said? Verse 10. So redemption is what you and I enjoy. Propitiation is what the Father enjoys. That's why the Bible says, He saw the travail of his soul and he was satisfied. Why was God satisfied? So Jesus dying was not just for us. It was for God's satisfaction. Listen to what I'm saying very well. So you understand what it means for you to have the blood. The power of the blood. It's a serious matter. It's a commodity that's dangerous. Kada Hallelujah. 
It's a commodity that is dangerous. So the night time you plead the blood, you should know what you're talking about. You should know what you're st standing on. You should know it's a last card. You should know by that enterprise, no demon has right. No, no devil. Not on your car, not on your children. Because you have entered the enterprise of the understanding that the blood has a certain power. Praise the Lord. Because if it is something even God needed, I don't think you, you are, the way you are using the blood is the way you should use it. God needed the blood to purge the things which are in heaven. Ha! Koba taskomehetes. Now, let me see how I can go about this. Because um, I thought I had it figured out. Till I started meditating on to pray. I said, hey Lord, this is a lot. <coughs> Help me too. Now, tomorrow touch on some things. But today, let me just touch on something very important. So that at least by revelation, we can spend time with the Lord. We can, we can receive from the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. There's coming a day in the church, oh, children of God. Men will not need to lay hands on church members. That will be for the world. We who are Christ. When we enter the service, the best laying on of hands is teaching. As we teach, somebody will just jump. I'm healed. Somebody, a dead body will pump. Nobody will touch anybody in church again. We will eclipse what the early church went through. So if there's any laying of hands, it's for the world because they have no faith. So we have to touch them for them to feel something go to them. Listen, that feeling things, I feel tingling. I beg, let's go past it. The way it's going, if we don't take care, we'll be here for a long time. We'll tarry at this mountain. We have to go beyond. The word must do the work. That's why Jesus often said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. Why? A man said, don't come to my house. Send the word. Isn't it amazing? Those who carry the message are always looking for physical touch. Jairus was a Jew. He said, come and touch my daughter. The centurion was gentle. He rather said, speak the word. Sometimes some believers have faith than us. They believe are men of God than we do. Said so that your pastor is a dangerous guy. And you are wondering what pastor is talking about. Is it the one you have in church on Sunday or is another? Who is, is it describing at all? But the Lord is delivering us in Jesus' name. Our story will not be the same. Amen. So when we talk about the blood, what are we talking about? Now remember in scripture, Jesus Christ, when he came to the earth, Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, likewise he also partook of the same. Now this position was actually as a result of a process that Jesus needed to go through. He took part of the same that he through death might destroy what? Him that had the power of death, that is the devil. So Jesus partook of flesh and blood so he can die. So the flesh was not the issue. It's the blood that was the issue. Because if you remember in scripture, in John chapter 20, he appears in the room and says, touch me for a spirit has no flesh and bone. So he has maintained the flesh, but something has taken over his animation. A spirit has no flesh and bone. So he was telling them that I'm not a spirit. I'm a man, but I just don't have blood now. Tomorrow I'll show you where, how he gathered his blood and presented it. I'll show you. 
But what I'm trying to bring your mind to is that something happened in the garden. God has made man in his image and likeness. He created him. He fashioned him after a certain standard and purpose. Because all along, there was a man before that man. But this man that came was after his image and likeness. He deliberately set him in a certain course to also become the earthly domain of the heavenly God. So the same way God rules the heavens, he gave the earth, Psalm 115, to the children of men. So the man replicates rulership and dominion from the heavenlies. But when man came, Bible said God breathed into a vessel of clay and that man became a living soul. So clearly, from what I'm going to say, please listen to me. Your body, this one, this flesh, is the housing unit of the real you. But the real you was created from the Godhead. Because every creature was called from his environment. I've said this here before. So the fish was called from the water. Let the waters bring forth. That's let the waters give birth to fishes of every kind. And let the earth bring forth beasts of every kind. When he got to man, he didn't talk to the earth. He didn't talk to the sky. He didn't talk to water. He spoke to the Godhead. Let the Godhead bring an entity after his kind. That means that whatever realm created the creature is the realm that sustains the creature. So because the waters brought forth the fish, they are sustained in water. Because the air brought forth the birds and the field brought forth the beast. So, so let me explain this. You have to reverse that statement that we are human beings trying to be spiritual. We are actually heavenly beings manifesting in earthly places. So stop saying I'm a human. You are a spirit. Your animation is spirit. <laughs> and you just have a vessel you don't miss her. That's why this one wrote. This one what? Wrote. But when it is rotted, something will happen. Remember what the scripture said. The Lord himself shall descend with a thunder shout and the, the voice of God and the archangel and the trump of the angels. And Bible said when he comes, the dead in Christ will first rise and they which are asleep shall meet their bodies. The dead in Christ is your body. Your body is what dies. Your spirit sleeps. So they which are asleep will meet their body first. Why? They have been given a state of existence. What Paul calls in Hebrews 12, the spirits of just men made perfect. That perfection is a kind of animation. Yet it is not in the vessel that can inhabit the earthly realm. So they still need it because of the spread that was coming to happen on the earth. So your dead body on earth will meet in the sky. That's why I said to you that though Jesus was born flesh and blood, when he resurrected, he maintained the flesh. But he had emptied the blood. That's why he could eat. Yet he didn't metabolize. He was able to hold fish. And he didn't metabolize. But apparently, sir, the reason why he called the spirits of just men made perfect because even heaven requires a body. Oh, I thought you'd get this one. <laughs> That's why he said in the new age, when we are restored to this body, we will eat from the tree. Because spirits don't eat. But because we are in a body, we must eat from a tree. 
every month bearing fruit. And he said, I shall not eat with you in this time, but I shall eat with you in the kingdom. That's kingdom age. But beyond the kingdom, he spoke about a dimension. A feast of fat things. Wines on the lease, full of marrow. It's coming a day, it will be a festal gathering. There will be a feast upon feast. Hallelujah. <laughs> so when God made man, you see, uh, let me try and break it down. The Bible speaks about bodies. He said they are bodies celestial and bodies terrestrial. Then he spoke in 1 Corinthians 15. One star differed from another star in glory. So is the resurrection of our bodies. So he said there's one body. Listen to this. He said there's one body of the celestial beings. And one body of the terrestrial beings. Then he comes to say all flesh are not the same. There's a flesh of the fish. There's the flesh of the beast. He does not bring terrestrial bodies when it comes to creatures. Creatures have flesh. Man had body. Listen. Listen. God gave man body. But the fall made him assume flesh. That is why the moment man fell, he became instinctive like an animal. Listen, ah, thank you very much. So that we can see that prophet is not lying. They are what? Celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. That means even God had designed that the moment you are called man, there is a body you wear called the terrestrial body. But something happened. Next verse. Look at it. Next verse. There's one glory. Uh-huh. Next, 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 next. All right. Go back to, I think, 39. Spoke about the creatures. He said, all flesh is not the same flesh. But one, there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another fishes, and another of birds. Then he says, their bodies celestial and their bodies terrestrial. So what God gave us was actually a body at the beginning. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 from verse 5, burnt offering, sacrifice of sin, that has not the pleasure, but a body has thou prepared for me. A body. But when Jesus was born, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, therefore, now there is therefore no condemnation for anyone that is in Christ Jesus who walks after the spirit and not after the flesh. He said, God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to destroy sin in the flesh. So Jesus assumed flesh. And it is in the flesh temptation was possible. Hey. That means there was a body Adam had. Adam did not need to hold his breath to walk underwater. Adam did not need a ladder to climb a tree. Can I tell you why? We didn't know what Adam's body was till Genesis 2, 22 to 24 came in. God put Adam to a sleep and took from his side a bone and fashioned a woman. So man came from death, woman came from bone. And man was formed, woman was fashioned. Listen, it's different. That's why women are more refined. Let's be honest. They are refining a lot of things. They know how to refine things. Because we were in the what 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 we are from the death, the mud. Woman came from bone. <laughs> bone. She was not in the death, she was out of bone. Then Eve now appears, and Adam looks at her and says, This is now bone of my bone and flesh. That means before the fall, Adam was flesh and bone, not flesh and blood. 
hear what I'm going to say very well. Hey, are you following this journey? Okay. Now you are going to ask me, so prophet, what are you talking about? Well, if you've done a little bit of science, the bone marrow is the source of blood. That's why if you do blood transplant, it's not working. They do something called bone marrow transplant. When they put the bones in somebody with leukemia, the bones start producing blood by itself. But prior to that, God suspended the function of the marrow. And what man had as his blood was the life of the spirit. It flowed like light in his vein. Just like electrical current in a man. Because ask yourself a question. Messiah rose up from the grave. He has emptied himself of all blood. And Bible says in John 20, he now appears to the disciples. And he appears and he shows himself. He didn't, and, the, and Thomas was not there. He comes the second time and says, Thomas, this is my side. This is my hand. The holes were still big. But no blood was dropping. How? And don't tell me it was a healed wound. Because this is just a day after death. And his side was open. Boom. Holes in his hand. Boom. And nothing was dripping out of him. Yet he's alive. He said, put your hand there. And you won't be stained. Yet, sir, they have locked the door for fear. And Jesus entered the room. Do you know Jesus had not yet gone to heaven in Luke 24? He was walking on the road to Emmaus. And Bible said when he entered the room, he broke bread and their eyes were open and he vanished from their side. So Jesus had a body that could be touched. But he just could decide when they should see him. That means Adam was not walking and going. He was vanishing and appearing. That's how Adam was living in the garden. Poof! Adam is in the sky. Poof! No, how did Job know something called the zodiac? Which telescope did Job use to go to the stars? Even in man's fall, we've devised equipment to go and see the moon. Is it in man's glory? That man could not go to the Listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. I, I came to tell you scientifically from the study of astrophysics, the stars and the moons and the, star, the sun, they were designed for the earth. They were designed for the earth. They were not designed for another inhabitants. If you do a little bit of physics or you do a little bit of uh, 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 what they call centripetal centrifugal force, you cannot keep an object in motion if you don't have other objects of similar size to balance it. So only the earth has life. The biggest planet on the earth, on the solar system, is called Jupiter. Do you know it is gas? Jupiter is gas. It's like a cloud. You can't step on it. So when you put your leg in Jupiter, you will pass through gas and come out. That's how Jupiter is. It's a cloud of gas. It's a cloudy ball. So what is it there for? What is Jupiter there for? What is Saturn? Saturn is also gas. With all the spirals, it has 70, what the 14 moons or whatever. It is gas. You can Google it. Gas planets. These two big ones, they are gases. So what are they there for? It's not for another entity. Forget these demonic teachings on Mars has a certain existence. It's the devil trying to teach us something. So in the day there's rapture, they'll say some people have gone to Mars. But you see, the balancing of forces. This is why when Joshua stopped the sun, mass waited. 
Venus waited. So Joshua didn't stop the sun. He stopped a solar system. He, he halted space. So even the asteroid had to wait. Because if an asteroid is moving, there's something called black hole. It will produce certain forces that every standing object will dent in and create a hole. So the science behind that thing, if we properly elaborate it, you will know it was a dangerous realm. Men on earth control the constellations. What did I just say? As soon as man sinned, something appeared. Something appeared. Something appeared. I'll come back to this. Something appeared. The bones started producing blood. Why? Man departed from the glory. So the divine life which flowed like a liquid fluid in his system ceased to flow because his spirit died. So the spirit is responsible for the flow of life. This is the reason why he said in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14, the spirit of a man will sustain him from bodily ailment. That means the strength of your spirit can determine your lifespan. If your spirit is weak, you will die beyond before your time. The spirit of a man will sustain him when he's in difficulty. But he said, when your spirit is wounded, nothing can be done. Who can bear you? Who can support? Who can heal you? Because your spirit is even faulty. Ask all pharmaceuticals and doctors. In pharmacognosy, there's something we call bodily healing. Every drug is to create self-producing organs. Self-producing cells. So it means when you take a tablet... What is designed in the tablet is your body will be at a state of no motion, no action, so that your cells begin to repair your body. Because can I ask you a question? If every drug can heal you, why is it that some drugs are told that they don't work? Why didn't they work, sir? Because the action is not in the drug. The action is when everything was made perfect, your body cells could not repair itself. So you trust the doctor, but the healer is God. The healer is God. The healer is God. So I thank God you are going for surgery. I thank God you are going to check up, but believe the Lord after the doctor to multiply the effects of your healing, to increase the templates of your cells because it is him, it is that life. So when the spirit was alive, it was producing energy. It was producing energy. Why? The body was lying until breath entered it, not blood, breath. God breathed into man. God didn't pour blood. He breathed. That means the blood of man was energized from the spirit. It was the generating plant. That's why when you enter the spirit, you can do 40 days dry without food. Your blood and hemoglobin will be low, but there's an energy that flows and you can still be energetic without anemia. Because the spirit is supplying to your bloodstream. So why am I saying all I'm trying to say? I want to explain this to lead you to this story. The moment man sent blood began to generate. But that blood was activated because of sin. That is why sin is residing in blood. Because it is because of sin blood came into existence. Because before sin, he was flesh and bone. 
But after sin, he became flesh and blood. That means without sin, blood will not show up. No wonder all diseases, all problems are in the blood. And we think God is wicked when he says to Israel, thou shalt not eat the blood of an animal. But he knew that the blood contains the problem. Thou shalt not eat it. Thou shalt pour it. Thou shalt spill it. Thou shalt you pour it on the floor. I said, it's not even your blood I need. I need another blood. The blood of animals. Because they didn't sin. They already had blood. Because have you noticed? When we enter the new age with flesh and bone, the lion will lay with the lamb. <laughs> so God said, now spill the blood of the animal. Because when you sinned, you were not supposed to have blood. The blood was for something else. But these are creatures. They need, you see, creatures don't have spirits. So because they don't have spirit, they need blood to support their... But you have spirit. So you didn't need blood. The blood was your spirit. It was moving. It was keeping your organs. So when man sinned, and man got blood. It's because of sin blood came alive. So God said, the soul that sins must die. And there must be a shedding of blood. Before sins are covered. But I can't use your blood. Because every man's blood is tainted with his action. Because of Adam. So use an animal's blood. Which had no sin in it. So that it can speak covering for a season. Are we here? Good. Now, from what I'm telling you now, spiritually, after everything that occurred, God now decided that we have to have a plan for this man. We have to create an enterprise that will support the system that will bring man back on track. His blood is contaminated. And because tomorrow, touch on that. Do you know blood speaks? I'm not talking about the blood of Abel. Blood speaks. I'll touch on it again tomorrow. i explain it. explain it. Don't worry. Or I can't even give you a simple thing. Many times in blood transfusions, if it's not done properly, people react. You know why they react? The blood is carrying personality. So sometimes people go like after blood transfusion, they start having body odor that they never had before. It is the body order of the person who collected their blood. No, do, do you understand? <laughs> Some people even testify that when they even have heart transfusion, they begin to have emotions and memories they don't know where it's coming from. It's an organ. But because it pumps blood, blood speaks. So blood has a language. I'll touch on it tomorrow. <laughs> I've been coming for five years, so I know that now we can go further. Amen. We can go further. Hallelujah. We can go further in some of these things. Listen to what I'm trying to bring your mind to. So as soon as the blood was spilled, ah! Ah! God said, no, 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 no. Why have you spilled innocent blood? Why have you spilled the blood of your brother Abel in Genesis chapter 4? Verse 10. Blood was first of all spilled. 
But God said, no, that's not the blood I'm looking for. You know why? Apparently, in the scripture, the reason why in Hebrews 12, it speaks about Abel's blood and Jesus' blood is because when Satan heard in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent, he went on a scouting. When he saw Cain, he knew Cain cannot be the one. Because who shall ascend the holy hill of God? Psalm 24. He that has clean hands and a clean heart and has not sworn his soul to deceit. So the man has to stand in a certain place of perfection. Before when his blood is spilled, creation will speak for him. Listen to what I'm going to tell you to help you. So what happened now is that Lucifer realized that no, if the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent, now amongst this if, 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 who is the one that is righteous? Hey, 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 the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, the verse 4, the Bible says that when Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than his brother Cain, he had respect to God, hence God gave him righteousness. Henceforth, his blood speaks, even after he is dead. That means that though your blood has voice, if you are in sin, it will be silenced at death. I'm speaking. It's only the blood that is in righteousness and innocence that speaks. No wonder in scripture, it was only Abel and Jesus. He didn't say the blood of Elijah is... <laughs> it's the blood why Elijah had temporal problems. He can talk in there, my friend, get out there. And you'll be afraid. Every nonsense Elijah will do. <laughs> His blood can't speak. <laughs> Moses' blood can't speak. All of them had faults. David had faults. See, his blood can't speak. But Abel. Abel. That's why Lucifer was afraid and entered Cain to kill him. Because if this seed matures, he will bruise her head. So Satan preempted huh, the seed of the woman from destroying him. Because he thought it was Abel. So he quickly went into Cain to kill his brother. And the blood started speaking. I see the blood, I see the blood, I see the blood. Look, it's so serious. Do you know something, ladies and gentlemen? There's one thing that makes God blind, the blood. Prophet stood upon the mountain, Pisgah, the son of Beor, the prophet Bilam. In Numbers 23, he said, I have not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Neither have I seen perverseness in all of Israel. Meanwhile, to Israel was corrupt at the time. Israel had, as it was just chapter 21, they had murmured and snakes had come to bite them. Yet God said, I've not seen. Neither have I beheld. Because there was blood on the altar. So God cannot see beyond when blood is spilled. Oh, my tanko felele Oh, Jesus, we love you. Listen. But this is the technology I want you to see. Now, the Bible interestingly brings us to a certain place of the word redemption. Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 that as it is written, curses every man that hangeth upon a tree. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
The word redeemed there is agorazo. Now, I've mentioned it here before. Agorazo means, um, you know, the slave market of sin. Ex agorazo is to take you out of the market of sin. But there's another word. Two words in the Greek that is also used for redemption. In Romans chapter 8 verse 23, it said, to wit the redemption of the body. He said, we have been sealed unto the day of the redemption of, the, of our body. To wait the redemption of our body. Now, this redemption here is not, it's, it's the word apolutro. And that apolutro is a reconciliation. So, actually, what happened was this. When someone is a slave and they are bought from the slave market, they are washed, they are cleansed with disinfectant, and they are put into a new house. But before they are put into the house, they are sealed with hot iron. That is the mark of the ownership of his new master. So you see that they will put a hot iron on his back. It will burn him, blood will come out, but he's sealed. After that is done, he's now roped and his, uh, his ear is bored. According to Numbers 21 verse 6, his ear is bored as a servant of his new master. What that means is that the left ear was bored. Sorry, the right ear was bored. What it meant was that he has his ear to hear only his master's voice. That's why they. So if you see men wearing earrings, this generation, eh, I'll tell you the truth today. I, I don't have a problem with your ankle bracelet, your waist bracelet, whatever. If you don't have revelation, snakes are coming for you. No, because in the kingdom, it is revelation, not copying because of beauty. No, we can't copy. Your anklet is nice, but I don't know what made you wear it. What did Tamar wear? That she was wearing a buka. She's covered the nose, covered the face, yet they knew she was a prostitute. There's a way you position your jewelry. I mean, they know you're a woman of the night. You've covered yourself. It's not, it's not today prostitute, they show their ties. No, those they don't show ties. They are fully covered with their face covered. But there's a way they wear the jewelry. So it means even your jewelry formation is communication. No, let's not copy anyhow. This generation has a problem. So we are losing power. When someone asks you, why are you in this? You can't even explain. It's nice. What is this nice? Hey. Somebody is here. You, you have been thinking of piercing your navel. The Lord, the Lord, the, the Lord, you are asking pastor, is navel piercing a sin? The Lord deal with you. Why do you want to pierce your navel? What is the reason? You saw a certain lady with her stomach and hey. Hmm. I have a certain daughter. Very pretty girl. She said auntie bought a lot of anklets and she had pierced her navel in certain sensitive parts. So when a fellowship meeting, I didn't even preach about these things, piercings. That's me remind me of a certain story. Somebody said, somebody's put on Twitter. I need a place where they do very beautiful, powerful piercing. Somebody answered, Gogota. <laughs> they will pierce you on the cross. He said, Gogota. You want somewhere they will pierce you? He said, Gogota. <laughs> they will pierce you there. You will get a good piercing. <laughs> Hallelujah. She had all those things on her. I was just preaching a normal gospel message. She said that night when she went to her room, the Holy Ghost came on her. Remove it. She said she went to took, take plier. Copy on some of them, they use hook and bolts. She had to take plier. He said blood was everywhere. 
He said, since that day, the anklets and antibody. He said, he said, prophet, I can't wear. When I lift it, the voice tells me, put it down. I don't have a problem if God allowed you. But if you are doing it because of some uncircumcised Philistine, <laughs> I know I've spoiled your plan, but I had to tell you. You that you are uncomfortable, I've told you. It's not everything that's nice that we copy. You have told you. Take it like that. You go and bring problems for yourself. Go and wear anklet. And because there's no revelation, demons attach themselves. You do know the power of revelation. Revelation is what prevents a spirit without permission. That means that if I'm doing something out of revelation, even if I'm tired, that revelation will prevent corruption. That's why anything you don't do without revelation and you enter rituals, a spirit will attach itself because there's no meaning to what you did. So we can give it a definition. And when you have a definition in your head, what marriage is, nothing can interfere because in your spirit, there's a definition for marriage. It can't be serving people. And somebody wants me here, he has, I've entered the Bible. I've noticed that um, actually one, 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 it's not the scriptures. Hey. Hey. Not the scriptures. And you are all sort of people are defining things now. Now, well, this is our life. Ask every man. A woman is enough ministry. A woman. Of all the things you have, to, you have to handle in life, the Holy Ghost is looking for attention, your wife is looking for attention, and you have multiplied seven of them. Check the Bible. Any man that married more than two, he had problems in his life. Check from Abraham to what? Once you marry two women, there will be a problem. Don't, don't try that. <laughs> yes, left and right. <laughs> Help her to the left and help her to the right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about the blood. Very serious matter. Serious matter. Very, very serious matter. So this blood we are talking about him. As soon as it was brought, the Bible speaks of redemption of our bodies. And this is Apolutro. After the slave was now serving his master, many years later, is according to scripture in the book of Exodus after serving the Lord and um, the master, Exodus 21, Exodus 22 he said after seven for seven years in the year of Jubilee, he's allowed to go but if he decides to stay, then he's called a bond slave then his, his ears are bored and he stays with you and he stands at the door, that means anytime you're ready to send me, I'm on errand, I go and come I never rest, I'm always going so what happened was that before the slave is allowed to go when the slave is released to go, finally he is released with his family and even scripture said if the master desires he releases him with his children and his wife to all go but when he goes when he enters his former family there is a reinstatement that must happen because you were once a slave what shows that you are not a slave now why when they remove your dress they are marks so you can be recaptured so there must be a symbol that shows that you are free and that's what he said Romans 31 Romans 8, verse 23. See what he says. We have been sealed with the Spirit. First fruit of the Spirit. So that what it means is that the moment everybody sees the Holy Ghost with you, they can't recapture you. You are really free. The Holy Ghost is a sign your freedom has been bought. And that freedom means that the offended God is finally going to have a reunion with you. Because sometimes you can owe a debt after paying, your relationship is destroyed. 
But the relationship of God and his children is repaired. That's why I said, I will send you the promise. The promise of the Father that will make you stay safe. That will make you stay free. I will send you that promise. And when he comes, Kola Kazgonte, he will be the reason. The day you meet your father, there is no more ought between you. In reality, not just in theory based on the payment, but in reality. Because now when you meet the Lord, you have the spirit of adoption. Whereby you cry, Abba, Father. It means you freely cry, Daddy, Daddy. Abba is deeper than Pater. Abba is, is, a, is an endearing word. Abba. 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 Means daddy. Oh, hallelujah. But how could this be done? The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Fengedo, skikarata, go there. Lord, our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous unto good works. The word redeem here is not the usual word agorazo, exagorazo, apolutro. This word is lutro, lutrosis. It's the same word that was also used in 1 Peter chapter 1. He said, dearly beloved, ye know, ye are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold, verse 18. From your vain conversations and traditions which your fathers transmitted unto you. O Kalabash Gataban. But what? Verse 19. But with his precious blood, with the precious blood of Christ, which he redeemed as a lamb without spot and blemish without a, a, a lamb without blemish and without spot. Verse 20. Who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times. So he's saying that you are redeemed not with silver and gold, but by the blood. The word redeemed there is the word lutro. And actually lutro translates as ransom or price. So what it meant was Satan came for you and God had to dish out a ransom for you. But he couldn't dish it out from the street of gold. He couldn't go to the heavenly treasury to gather the precious stones. He didn't break the pearly gates to come for us. He had to look at himself and organize his son and slay his son and bleed him out and brought it as purchase. And he received it. So when God was propitiated, now remember, that ransom that was paid, that payment or price that was paid was not paid to Satan. Otherwise, Satan was your, 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 Satan was your, what do you call it, your, your first owner. The ransom that was paid was paid to the justice system of God. You should know there's an independent body that was started by God called his justice. Even if he loves you, he can't immune you from justice. That's why the only way he could immune you from justice, he that set the own law had to die so that he will bleed because if he turns his law upside down, he is not fit to rule. Psalm 97 verse 2 and 3. Righteousness and justice is the foundation of your throne. So if God twists his law because of partiality, he is not fit to be king. So God bled himself to pay to the justice of heaven. That's what we usually say. The, die, the death of Jesus Christ is God's love, paying ransom to God's justice. So your father can be the Supreme Court judge of Ghana, 
But if you sin against your, the, the, the nation, though your father is a judge, you didn't sin against him. You sinned against the constitution. It's the constitution that's the issue, not God. So people think that it's God who is taking them to hell. It is your choice to go against the constitution that takes you to hell, not God. If God takes you to hell, why would he be concerned you are there? Why would God even ask us for the blood of men we didn't preach to if he took you there? It's his justice. Oh, are you getting it? Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So what I'm trying to bring your mind to is that our purchasing price was the blood. Our purchasing price was the blood. But do you know what the blood did? And why it's a serious matter? It is in the Hebrew culture. I'll show you something very interesting. There's a wedding feast that typifies weddings. Remember, Jesus Christ came for a marriage. According to John chapter 2 verse 11, he, this beginning of miracles did Christ when he went to Cana of Galilee and turned water to wine. So when Jesus came, he came for a marriage. That's why the first miracle he did was at a wedding. It's called the principle of law of first mention. And the Bible miracle there in the Greek is the word simel, sign. This sign, the literal translation is a sign. Usually miracles are translated as dunamis, power. Usually miracles are translated in the Greek as dunamis, power. But here it didn't translate as dunamis, it translated as a sign. It's the same word that is also used in the Hebrew in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. This sign I will give to you. A virgin will be with child and his name will be Emmanuel. So the virgin with child and the name Emmanuel are the signs that he's a messiah. So this is a sign. Sign means that he's telling you a story. There's a meaning to something he's about to do. So there was a wedding ceremony he came for. That's why the Bible said in John chapter 3, when they came to him, he said, John, the Baptist, there's somebody preaching to the people you, you baptize. Who. He said, oh, he that has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom rejoiceth. So John the Baptist called himself the friend. And in the Greek, the word friend is actually a, a local translation of best man. And Luke chapter 5, they came to Jesus and said, your disciples, they don't fast. John's disciples are fasting. Everybody is fasting. It's Pharisees fast. Only your disciples, they don't fast. Why? And he says, oh, shall the children of the bride chamber fast when the bridegroom is around? But he said, there cometh a day when the bridegroom is taken away. In those days shall they fast. So, John said he's the friend of the bridegroom. Jesus said the disciples are the children of the bride chamber. And children of the bride chamber is groomsmen. So, John the Baptist is the best man of Jesus. The disciples were his groomsmen. He came for a wedding. I'm saying something that will help you today. That's why Revelation 19, 7 says, Let the earth rejoice. Let the heavens rejoice. For the Lamb's wife, has made herself ready and she's arrayed. He said, The marriage of the Lamb. He said, Aha, Be glad therefore and rejoice, give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And the Lamb's wife, the wife, hath made herself ready. Verse 8, and is given to her to be arrayed. Oh, fine linen, clean and white. And this fine linen is the righteousnesses of the saints. Now, what I'm trying to explain to you is this when Jesus came, it was a marriage agenda. Because you know why? On earth, the highest bond is husband and wife. That is why Paul said, I speak of a mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church. All along, every marriage was to typify Christ and the church, a marriage ceremony. So the measurement of your love for your wife is how Christ loved his wife, the church. 
I speak concerning Christ and the church. I speak of a mystery, Christ and the church. Are we here? So husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. So you must, you must sacrifice for your wife. But the shocking thing is that you cannot love a woman like Christ loved her and she will struggle with submission. Likewise, woman, according to Ephesians 5.22, submit yourself to your own husband. Stop comparing your husband to another one. Stop comparing your husband to your pastor. Stop comparing your husband to your manager. Your own. The one who doesn't paste at night. Your own. The one who snores when he sleeps. Your own. The one when he wake up at dawn, he's like, ah, as if he has no Holy Ghost. Your own husband. You want your husband to sleep cute? When he wakes up, hello, darling. It's not like that. Your own husband. Submit to that one. The one who doesn't open door for you. Your own the one who has not told you I love you in a long time, your own husband. Submit to that one. And the shocking thing is that if you submit to such a man, have you ever read what scripture said in 1 Peter chapter 3? He said, chase conversation. Your husband will convert. That means there's a kind of submission you submit. No man will struggle to love you. Nevertheless, these two are mutually independent. That means that the fact that they are not loving you does not mean you shouldn't submit. It's working. Hallelujah. All right. Yeah. Amen. The fact that your husband is not loving you doesn't mean you shouldn't submit. And the fact that your wife is also not submitting doesn't mean you should love. You shouldn't love. So though the two help each other, they are also not dependent on each other. So don't say, she's not submitting. So I'm like, no. It's a love as Christ. That means he gave you a condition. If you are struggling to love her, look at Jesus to love her. If you are struggling to submit, the way you say, Jesus is my Lord, he says, submit like that to your husband. That means that some men will make it easier to submit. You know, some men, they come, they have poo -poo and they wear their suits, say, my Lord. <laughs> but your husband has been taking trotters. So when he comes, he's holding tomatoes like this. You're like, ah, what type of husband is that? Hey, hey. So some people, they make it easier for you to submit. <laughs> and your wife talks softly, hello, my dear. And the way she has said, oh, I've cooked your food for you. So it's very easy to love her. And the others, when they call them, ah, hello, hello, oh, madam, I'm asleep. So you didn't cook anything. Ah, yeah, please, why are you coming by kinky on the road? Still love her. Still love her. Are you getting the picture? Before somebody say, prophet said, I should, if I love you, then you submit. No, they, are, they help each other. If you love a woman well, she will not struggle to submit. At the same time, the fact that she is not submitting does not deny the fact that you should love her. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise God. Amen. So it's a marriage relationship. And this relationship is designed in such a way <laughs> that when Jesus Christ came on the cross, he began to use certain marital terms. John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I will not tell you. But I go to prepare a place. Ah! Is he now going to build heaven? Have you ever thought about that scripture? Verse 2. Is Jesus saying he's now going to build heaven? He said, in my father's house are already many mansions. So what is he going to prepare again for us? 
I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house. And he, back, he began to speak from Matthew 24, 36. And Mark 13, verse 32. The same scripture is there. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away. But he says, the hour and the time knoweth no man. But God has reserved it in his power. He said, even the son, neither the angels, know not the time. He was using a marital term. Because apparently in the Hebrew, there are two feast operations. They have something called the Kiddushan. And the Nissan. Now, <clears throat> in their festivals, when a man comes to betroth a woman, <clears throat> when a man comes to betroth a woman, okay. Please speak in tongues. I'm shy. When a man comes to betroth a woman, he does not set the date. He declares his intention and reports the matter to his father. So he goes to his father to tell his father that I found a bride. And usually the man will leave countries, travel, and come and look for his bride. Jesus left space and time. He descended and condescended from the glories for us. And when he came, he came to live amongst us, to understand our way of life. He took on flesh. Listen, the way Jesus died there is a serious matter. There's something very interesting in Leviticus chapter 10 and 11 and 12. When it came to the law of the burnt and sin offering, you will read from that scripture. He said, in the place where you killed the burnt offering, thou shalt kill the sin offering too. That's why Jesus in one death fulfilled all the offerings because it was instructed that the same spot you kill burnt offering, you must kill sin offering, kill peace offering, and kill trespass offering at the same spot. So when Jesus hung on the tree, all the offerings were at the same spot being carried out. But this is what I'm not, I want your mind to come to. He's now come for a bride. But when he came, he used the words they use in the Hebrew context. Because remember, Matthew is Jewish. So most of the things in Matthew 24 about the end time is Jewish. If you see the abomination of desolation which is in the temple, flee to the mountain, Judea. And they that are in Judea should flee. He didn't say they that are in Shiashi or Accra. And in case we are fleeing and there's no mountain, where are we going? So he was not talking... <laughs> Child of God, he was not talking to the Christian. This is Jewish. It was to the Jews. So if you read the semblance, a woman will be in the field, one is mowing, one will be raptured. Which one have you been plowing? Read it well. Make sure your flight is not in winter. Is there winter in Ghana? There's no winter in Ghana, so you're not part of that story. Are you understand? So I, I'm, we, we glean certain things from the church, but these are things that describe a general operation, but it's not directly to us. Please, are you getting it? <laughs> Mommy say Hamatan. <laughs> so rapture will happen at Hamatan. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what is happening here is that he's trying to bring our minds to something. That there's a certain operation going on and it's concerning his coming. That no one knows there's something. But that statement, if you read it well and you take it as it is, then it's denying deity. Because if his coronation, he was part of the service and was the recipient of the honor. Because the God had to form a quorum so that what he's conferring is part of the decision. Is it when he will come for the church, he's not aware? In the same vibe, he, he himself says it. Ye hypocrites. You can tell the seasons and you can know when it is harvest. Can't you tell the coming of the Son of Man? It's as if he has contradicted himself. At one time, he said, You can know the time. At another time, he said, Even me, I don't know the time. Because he was using a language. 
It was an idiomatic expression. I don't know the time. Why? Because in the Jewish culture, when you tell the father that you have a wife you want to marry, you go to your father. And there are two things a woman must do. Psalm 45, 10 and 11. He said, he said thou shalt forget the people of your father's house, O daughter of Zion. Thou shalt forget the people of thy father's house. That means your father's house here is Adam. You must forget your Adamic lineage and begin to look at your heavenly city. Your gaze must be on the Lord. He said, when you glean your heart, verse 11, then thy king shall greatly desire thy beauty. Because now there is a beauty which is in holiness that is apart from the earth. But not only so. He spoke about 45 verse 1. Oh, my heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of things I've made concerning the king. My tongue is a pen of a writing, ready writer. Get up thy sword upon thy tie and arise, O most mighty. Then he says in verse 4, thy scepter is a right scepter. But he comes to say something. He says, the king's daughter is all glorious within and she's decked with need, fine needlework of embroidery. Verse 13 and 14. Fine needlework of embroidery. Fine needlework of embroidery is the same in Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs 31 says that the virtuous woman has taught the virgins how to make fine linen. Because in the Jewish culture, you don't shop for your wedding gown. You sew it yourself. You sew your own gown. So as you are sewing it, the day your gown is ready, a spy is usually around you, monitoring your progress. The day you are done, they run to the man's house and tells the father, Sir, the girl has finished her gown. Then the girl in the night is snatched. So he said, I will come like a thief in the night. He snatched. And when she snatched, because they are snatching her, the road is also dark. So virgins have to carry their lamp to escort to the ceremony. And when they get there, Oh, Rakataskapaya. They do the wedding in the man's house. Not the woman's house. We reversed it because of culture. But in the Hebrew, you do it in the man's house. His father's house, actually. That's why I say my father's house has many mansions. Actually, when he said I go to prepare a place, I go to prepare the wedding, the wedding venue for this ceremony. I'm going to prepare it. I'm going to prepare it. Because the mansions are already waiting. The place is for the ceremony. I'm also going to make sure the table is ready. No wonder he gave many semblances to it. He said, a great man threw a feast. And he said, they went to the road to go and call people. He threw a feast. So he's going to prepare the feast for the day of our ceremony. But you know the shocking thing? He could not complete the assignment after all this. He said, there's one last thing I have to do for us to be betrothed. No wonder the apostle Paul spoke in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. He said, I speak foolishly. But he said, God... Have espoused, he said, God is jealous over us with a godly jealousy. And has espoused us as chaste virgins to one husband. He has espoused us as chaste virgins to one husband. That we are espoused to Jesus Christ as one husband. So what he's doing now is this, that as soon as Jesus said all these marital things, there were two things he had to fulfill. He had to pay the bride price. And has to release the wedding gift before he goes. So he went to the cross. And as he was bleeding, know ye not that you are bought. That price is bride price. It's the ransom. He bled. Why? We know that the law said that if a husband is alive, then the woman cannot marry another until her husband died. He said, if the man is not dead, then she committed adultery. Romans chapter 7 from verse 1. Verse 4 now says that now if that man now dies, then the woman is free 
to marry another. Likewise, Christ, when he died together with us, he made us free so that we can be married to him and that we might what? Bear more fruits. That's what he says. That we might bring forth fruits. So he came to pay bride price by his blood. What am I trying to say? After the bride price was paid, he took the blood and gave it to somebody called the Holy Ghost. Do you know what I mean by that? The Bible said, oh, Legos Kapalaba, in Hebrews chapter 10, he said, every man that offered sacrifices for sin, oftentimes, he said, he offers sacrifices and offerings for oftentimes for sins which cannot be taken away. But this man, he said, he standed daily, according to Romans chapter 10, the verse number uh, 11. He said, he standed daily offering sacrifices for sins which oftentimes cannot be taken away. The verse number 11, now verse 12 says that, but this man, after he has offered one sacrifices for sin, has sat down henceforth expecting that his enemies be made his footstool. The Bible says in verse 14, therefore, therefore by one sacrifice, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Then 15 now tells us the story in 15, whereof the Holy Ghost is a witness to us. Do you know what it means? It means when Jesus was offering the sacrifice, when Jesus was bleeding, when Jesus was pouring the blood, when Jesus was paying the price, the Holy Ghost was a witness. He was a witness. He was ensuring that the payment was true. So that when the enemy rises up, this is the reason why in Revelation chapter 12 verse 10, they overcame him by the blood and the word of their testimony. Because actually, it is not testimony as in, it is the word maturia. It's not the word testimony as in good report. It is the word testimony as in every that means they overcame the enemy by the blood which is the evidence it is the testimony that a man offers when he's in the witness box so the Holy Ghost is the witness that Jesus has paid and we cannot be faulty neither can we be flawed because there is blood and he was there to see how the transaction occurred Homborobos Sotoyas so the Holy Ghost was God's warrant officer. He was ensuring that the payment was enacted. Everything was complete. But when the Holy Ghost came, because he had not yet come, no wonder the Bible says, the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the sons. Why? He is telling you that it has been paid for. So he's the only one who has the document that tells you that you are really a son. You are really a son because you have been purchased. You have been purchased. The disciples, before the Holy Ghost came, could not believe they were sons. So when Jesus appeared from the grave, and saw them, he opened his heart and said, Shalom. The root word for Shalom is the word Shalim, to pay. That's why Jesus kept the holes in his hand. You know why? He kept the holes as the living invoice. That anytime you see the hole in my hand, I really paid. It was not a story. There's a hole. If just, that's why in heaven he still has the scars. Have you ever thought of it? Glory. Even we human beings will not carry sickness there. We will not carry scars there. We will not carry defect there. But Jesus kept the scars. And actually it is his beauty. In all of scripture, he is called the lion once. But he is called the lamb many times. Even in eternity, God preserved his image because of his offering. The lamb of God. That's seated. He said, behold, I saw the lion, the tribe of Judah who has prevailed. And the lamb of God in the midst of the throne. The lamb, the lamb, the lamb. Somebody, the blood is your evidence. 
And the Holy Ghost has kept that evidence. So that anytime Satan comes, you'll leave the blood. And I said to you from the start, that I said I'll touch something. Let me touch it quickly. When Abel died, his blood began to speak. It was calling for, for justice. Because he was holy, God could hear the voice. Do you know in Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says about Rahel. Rahel cried for her children in Bethlehem, Ramah. So Rahel also died when she was giving birth to her son. But her cry was a witchcraft cry. Because before she died, she wanted to pass on the witchcraft curse on the son, Benoni. And Bible said, when she was talking, he will be called Benoni. She was still alive. And Jacob said, not so. You can't call him Benoni. Son of, son of curses. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, he shall not be called Benoni. He shall be called Benjamin, the son of my right hand. Bible says, as soon as Jacob changed the name, she died. It means she was used. You didn't know Raya operated sorcery. That's why she could keep an effigy. She knew. If you don't know how to use a God, how do you keep it? She knew what to do to invoke the powers of the idol. That's why she stole it. It was important to her. Leah didn't know it, so she didn't take it. Rahel knew how to use it. She has seen the incantations. She has seen the method. Kaboshka. And she took it. So when she was dying, she was operating witchcraft. So that's why Matthew said her spirit is crying. So she's not dead though. In the spirit, her voice is still crying for her children. And, and if you read it in the text, he's crying for, their, for, for, for release. That I wish my children died and I lived. She was passing a curse on a boy. So she can live. But when, once upon a time, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, we have come to Mount Zion. The city of the living God. Look, when Jesus was born, he was not born by sperma. He was not born by an egg. But the scripture also said in Leviticus 17 verse 11, that the life of the animal is in the blood. And every soul that sins is redeemed by blood. So you are redeemed by blood according to Leviticus 17 verse 11. Atonement for the soul is done by blood. Atonement for the soul is done what? By blood. So when Jesus came and bled, the Holy Ghost had to be witness to the transaction. So that at no point in time can the devil say it was not true. At no point in time can we say Jesus didn't bleed. He bled and the Holy Ghost was witness. He was aware of his witness for us. To make sure that this transaction, when we are even afraid and we are not sure, God remind us, I bled. And then I bled. I paid it. I've paid for it. You can't pay twice. For an item, you pay once. That's why I said they overcame the enemy by the blood, which was the evidence of the witness of the sacrifice on the cross. That's how they overcame Satan. But can I show you a secret today? There's a part in the song. The, I think the last, the ending part. There's another part. I plead the blood. So you see the blood. But I say as soon as they're accusing you. Please find that verse for us and project it in. I plead the blood. Now, to plead the blood is a very interesting thing. Let me end with this one. According to Hebrews chapter 12, the verse 22, we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to the heavenly consolation. Uh -huh. Hebrews chapter 12. No, yeah, Hebrews 12 verse 22. Can we go there? What does it say? Ay, 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 yeah. We have come to Mount Zion, uh -huh, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. To the, to the inbound company of angels, let's go, verse 22, 23, to the general assembly which is of 
the firstborn, which, writ, which, is, which are written in heaven, the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Kabo Shkaya, 24. And Jesus, the mediator, ayaya, and the blood of sprinkling. Oh, the blood of sprinkling. Let me show you Psalm 22, Psalm 25, verse 22. I'll show you what Psalm 25, verse 22 says. Psalm 25, verse 22. There is a certain sprinkling that is going on now. He said, Oh, redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Job chapter 5 also gives us another story about the redemption of God from all sicknesses and disease in Job 5. Now, what is he trying to say? The blood of sprinkling is not the blood of pouring, it's the blood of sprinkling. But the blood of sprinkling that was done in the days of Moses was done on the day of atonement. It was one day. The Bible speaks about it in Hebrews chapter 9, 12 down to 14. It said, neither by the blood of bulls and goats, nor the ashes of the sprinkling of an hypha, sprinkles unto the purifying of the saints. So there's a kind of sprinkling. But by his own blood, he has entered once and for all to obtain eternal redemption for us. Are you understanding? Sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. But he himself offered his blood through the eternal spirit and has obtained eternal. So this eternal redemption, he's trying to say that when they did it in those days, they did it only one day, atonement. Now atonement, when you play with the words well, you see the root, at one meant. Atonement is at one meant. So every atonement is to become one with the Lord. Every time there's atoning, atone is at one. To become one with the one who you are atoning for. So Atonement means man and God become one. And actually in the Jewish culture, that is the only day Satan couldn't touch them. Because the Hebrew gematria, when we say Hebrew gematria, every Hebrew name has a number. That's why he said in Hebrew, Revelation 13 that you know it's a number of a man. The number is 666. When you do the calculations, you can co communicate what they are talking about in the Hebrew. So the Jews know a little bit and the Muslims also know a little bit. It's the English that has tricked us off. But they understand a couple of things. But the Muslims, it's written in the Mahdeen that says that the old Byzantine Bible, Latin Vulgate Byzantine Bible in the Turkish era, that text reads, he that shall come, shall come with the number of the beast. And the number is says, 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 it's the number of man. He shall come in the name of Allah. I have a teaching to do on eschatology. The Antichrist will have Muslim Islam as his religion, but you have a Jewish birth. Because the Jews cannot accept a non-Jew as Messiah. No, think about it. Don't think it's Obama. It's not the Pope. Because he can't, they can't qualify as Messiah. Messiah must be born of the seed of David. And there are only two books, in fact three books. The Torah the Quran and the Bible that talks of Antichrist and rapture. No other religion does. Only these three. Have you forgotten there's a horse in Revelation 6 called the pale horse? Check the meaning of pale. It's chloros. The real translation is green horse. And that green horse rider has a sword. He is the one beheading people. And then the, the flag color of Islam is color green. 
So you see this whole thing, disease, disease. It is economic manufacturing for the Antichrist to have trade and commerce. But the real force, as soon as you saw that uh, Al-Qaeda has taken over Afghanistan, they are working in secret. Have you noticed there's no jihadists happening? They are preparing them. No, by now you should know life. We were thinking things are fine. We are fighting Muslim, Muslim, Muslim. All of a sudden, Corona. Since Corona came, Muslims are not killing anybody again. There's no bombing. They are coming again. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We have to brace ourselves for what is coming. And the shocking thing is that they have their own Antichrist definition. The Mahadin and Isa. But if you read the story very well, it looks as if the Isa is the Antichrist. Because if you read the Quran, Mahadin, which is the Antichrist, will come on the horse. And Isa, the prophet, will lift the sword and fight him. But in the Bible, Jesus is the one who comes on the... And the Antichrist that comes if I'm... Oh, I'm it. So if you, if you follow the Muslim, they have flipped the script. The Antichrist rides a horse. But in the Bible, it's Jesus who rides the horse. <laughs> read don't spend all your day on instagram and facebook you are reading read there are times we are in seasons some of you are god wants you to enter all your business but you are reading useless things read the times and see that hey, this thing is connected to one of the things i told you two years ago agriculture please if you have a land start planting things food scarcity is coming it's coming they announced it in Ghana this year that there's a drought coming. Somebody even was even invited on Joy News, uh, an agro-economist, to explain to us that people should start starting personal farms, cultivating tomatoes, those things that you can use to cook stew every day. I'm telling you, a day is coming. You will need yam from your backyard. If you go and go and dig all the pavement and say today we are planting rice <laughs> according to the word of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. That's a joke by the way. But if you have any land somewhere and you are not building, start planting. Grow something. Popo. Mango. Something. Because a day is coming. You also control a Greek. Do you know there's a day coming? An angel will pour a vial. And one third of the earth will die out of hunger. Imagine you are the one supplying food for one third. Can I even break your heart? You see, when Bill Gates started this nonsense, we saw the things he was purchasing. Do you know he has started buying land? And he has started growing crops. Bill Gates is growing crops. So that means what is coming? <laughs> it will be hunger. Please, so I'm begging you. Bill Gates. You see, there's some people as soon as you say they are doing something, you have to use them as monitor. Because that's how he was joking. They said this thing coming, people will be coughing, they can't travel well. We thought this man is talking rubbish because all he knows is Microsoft Windows, Windows this and Windows X, Windows XE, Windows. What is this about uh, disease? He's not an expert. By the time we realize we're all rare max. By the time we were realizing they were all now injecting all of us by force. In the same regard, he has started buying land and growing. Apparently, he said GMO destroys the soil. So they are now growing something called RNA seed. So it is genetically modified seeds that can, some funny, funny things. And they have started growing it. Because they know what they are about to do. And he himself has said it, that there's a pandemic coming to the earth. Last year I came, I told you, I think last year or two years ago, I told you, watch 2025. He has announced it, that 2025, he and WHO, they say something stronger is coming. 
I plead the blood. These are the seasons to, to deck yourself in revelation. If you hear powerful men of God defeating the devil, Pastor Christo Yakilome, uh, Bishop David Doyeko, and the kind of me, it is not a lot of prayer per se. It is revelation. If you don't know, you can't work it. Ghanaians can pray. Our problem is revelation. We pray without revelation. Rayo, Rayo. I was one day at a certain mountain and a woman was praying all night. Hayo, hayo. And I was doing all night somewhere. So I was lying on a rock whilst I was doing my prayer. Because I was, I was fasting. So about 24 hours, 48 hours, I had no eating. I was just lying there. And I heard a woman. Hayo, hayo. Father, I break that right my marriage. I destroyed that marriage. My, my daughter said she doesn't like her husband again. So we destroyed. Yeah, she was breaking the marriage. You see the kind of things we pray about. One day I was passing at Chimota Fries and God said, here, yeah, Ghana, they are praying. But few of them are praying Bible, revelation-centered prayers. The kind of prayers we pray, we should have been rich. We should have been dangerous Holy Ghost wires. When we sit in Trotro, we don't talk, oh, something will be exuding. I mean, the driver will be driving and all you hear is, hmm, something is in the car. You sit by somebody goosebumps. Because the prayer of praying is not a prayer that is from covetousness. Give me a car. And it's the energy is covetousness. There's no divine purpose to the car. It's this covetousness that all your friends are getting a car. So Lord, are you fair? Eh? Eh? Is that a prayer to pray? Is that? God is not fair. What are you talking about? Covetous prayer. I am Lord, give me a husband. And, and oh, because it's beautiful. It's beautiful to marriage. Can I tell you something? Recently, I discovered, sir, marriage is not a testimony, it's a responsibility. Marriage, you see, it's a testimony. Hallelujah, hallelujah. They will slap you in the night. And you will see whether you say hallelujah or praise God. When they say, hey, you are so, hmm, yes, the Lord bless you. You know what you are suffering in the house. It's not a testimony, it's responsibility. Your husband hit you at door and says, please, uh, can, you, can you give me some water? You want to tell him that? Don't you have legs? Oh, honey, can you give me water? And you, we are in the same bed, sir. Your wife can say, please, uh, I left something on the line. Please, can you go? We are, because it's night, you have to be the man of the house. Yes, please. Anointed man of God. You get out, go and put off the light. Take off the clothes from the line. Please. Have, then do ask, have you brought it back? Yes, please. You, you, you think you have married a doormat. You just put your leg on her. You, she will not go anywhere. She was brought from your side, not under your leg. So she, she can tell you. She can also tell you that, honey, the baby, because of the baby, I can't cook today. You will see. With all your, you will be cutting onions and be crying. Jesus, Lord, help my life. You will cook. You will learn a lesson. You say, are you anointed man of God, you are scrubbing bathroom. <laughs> no, when your wife is pregnant, is it that day you say she should be scrubbing? You will scrub. It is not testimony, it's responsibility. Hmm. Amen. When you see people who are enjoying their marriage, ask them the kind of responsibilities they've taken. It's just that this generating, we like rights without responsibility. We throw away our right and responsibility and we say we want our right. We should be treated. What have you done? Why am I preaching like that? I'm supposed to be preaching about it. It's a this prophets, prophets and preaching, and you will pass here. It's good. I've come to accept that it's good. Sometimes when I come out to be a teacher and just the word of the Lord said, usually I don't even feel the anointing. 
I need to do some of these things to feel the grace flow. Hallelujah. Child of God, he said something very powerful. There's something coming on the earth. But you see, when they lifted the blood, the Bible says in Ephesians 1, he said, verse 13 and 14, we have been sealed with the Holy Ghost. That means that when you take this thing, the Holy Ghost take, took the blood while he was a witness and took the signet of God. Remember what I told you, the branding. And dipped it in blood and put it in your skin. And the blood marked you. There's an old English word from which we get the word blessing. It's called blessing. B-L-E-S-E-I-N. Blessing. And blessing is the root for the word blessing. And blessing means to mark unto bleeding. To mark unto bleeding. That means there's no blessing without blood. You cannot be blessed if you have not bled. So because of the bleeding, there can be blessing. I said because of the bleeding, there can be blessing. So because he died and blood was offered, we can stand in that blessing. We can access the beloved. We can enter our inheritance. But lastly, the blood speaks. And it speaks better than the blood of Abel. Abel is calling for vengeance according to Hebrews chapter 12. The Lord deal with them, verse 24. Judge them. And I told you, blood talks. Every blood talks. The purer the blood, the higher the voice. The purer the blood, the higher the voice. So blood speaks. I said what? Blood speaks. The purer the blood, the louder the voice. But look at what he said in verse 25. And Jesus, and he said, for see that. Listen to this. So go to verse 24. I love this scripture. And Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things. So he's talking about the blood of sprinkling. And I said to you that this blood of sprinkling, in the time of old, they pour it, they sprinkle it once in atonement. But because of what Jesus did, we have entered eternal redemption. So we have a continuous sprinkling. And that continuous sprinkling is immuning us from disaster, from trouble, from pain. Can I tell you something? Every pain, trouble, disaster you have gone through was not what came by default. It is what you disobeyed or refused to hear that you entered. The default ones, when you wake up, there is sprinkling. You are, delivered, you are delivered from accident. You are delivered from this. But the ones you enter are not default. They are caused. An enemy. So there is a cause. Perhaps God told you to pray to, and God doesn't call you to pray emergency prayers. God speaks to you well in advance before the trouble comes. So two weeks before, you start to pray about your children. You're like, Lord, for what? Just pray. Somebody dreams a dream and somebody was in a casket. And it was uh, six months ago. So after two weeks, nothing happened. You're like, ah, anyway. Then six months later, the person you saw in the casket is dead. That means six months ago, God preempted it. But somebody thought it was a common dream. It's one of those things. Speak in tongues. So many of the disasters we go through, they are not default. If they were default, then we are all praying. That means when you wake up in the morning, you can't guarantee you will come home. But there's a sprinkling. There's a sprinkling. So if I don't receive order, if I don't receive staring, as I'm walking in town, there's a cover on me. Child of God, can I tell you something? The protocol of asking for forgiveness 
is not for one that will take you to hell. So if you don't ask for forgiveness, you won't go to hell. But you cannot live properly. So when you come to God and say, Lord, I'm sorry, it's not because you are going to hell. It's because if you don't confess your faults, he even said to us believers, confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. Is it God you won't confess? But the goal of confession is not because of the sentence of death. It's because of the relationship of life. So when I say, Lord, I shouldn't have done what I did. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. You know why? There's a weight in your heart till you release it. So your confession is not necessarily to hell. Time will fail me to even get to John 1. John 1 is a mixture of people. Some were believers, some were non-believers. That's why it says, that which we are seen, our eyes have handled, concerning the word of life. That is what we confess to you. Now, if it was Christians, he said, we have seen, we have handled. And when he was saying we, he was not talking of disciples. He was talking of the Christians at his time. So he said, we have handled and we have looked upon and have heard. These are the general disciples. We communicate to you that your fellowship will be of us and with the Father. It is not disciples. Us is the believers. So he's talking to a people who didn't know God and were Jews playing Christianity. Oh, that's what John 1 is. So you see different categories of people he's addressing. Those who are non-believers. So you can see some of the communications like who are the us and who is he commanding to confess their force so that they'll be saved. Just unbelievers who are pretending to be Christians. But you must understand this last thing. The blood speaks. It speaks better things than the blood of Abraham. Verse number 25, Hebrews 12. See what it says. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. And it's in reference to the blood. See that ye refuse. Oh. Oh, katatas katalababa shalashetokoba. Evenovoros eskarikatan. Verse 26, what I say? Listen, there's a speaking of the blood. Don't refuse it. What is the speaking? I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. What it means is this. When you enter the court of the universe, when you enter courts in America, there's something called plead the faith. When you plead the faith, you don't talk. You can decide not to answer the question they asked you. So the word plead or plead the blood is a legal term. So I plead the blood over you means what the fifth amendment is saying. I plead the fifth amendment in America. I don't need to quote it as soon as I say I plead the fifth. Everything written in the fifth is the voice of the fifth. So when I say I plead the blood, everything the blood cancelled, blotting all handwriting, of ordinances against us and which were set contrary to us. He took it all away and nailed it to the cross making a public show of them openly triumphing over it. So anytime the devil comes for your child, he comes for your husband, he comes for your business and you just lift your voice. I plead the blood. The blood that I plead. I plead its better speakings. The speakings of blessings. The speakings of peace. The speakings 
spirits of healings they are in the blood it is the speakings of deliverance it is the speakings of glory because when i see the blood i will pass over thee it is the speakings of exemption it is the speakings of glory it is the speakings not of vengeance not of destruction but of deliverance of exaltation and of glorification so next time you want to use the blood don't dip yourself in the blood don't dip your car in the blood plead the blood over the car plead it because in the justices of heaven when they call the case and you stand in the docket the holy ghost is your contrary witness and the lord himself is your advocate when they call the case begin to invoke the evidence of the blood lift the blood canister and let the holy ghost be part of the jury and say he is right that blood is legal that blood is a legal evidence it is not contaminated evidence it is pure blood there is no sin in it can i shock you when man sinned man in his sin listen 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 i now began to understand because of the blood in you you hear god do you know it's because of the blood god can speak to your ears unfortunately because we also sinned satan can speak through blood so in the day we enter glory because there's no blood we can't hear the voice of the devil again it's only the voice of the lord we shall hear are you hearing somebody so when we enter glory the blood has no voice what did i say if a flesh of a goat and an animal has the blood of the goat and animal and in the blood is the blood of its instincts so that the lion's blood has the instinct that makes it smell blood and begin to react so the blood is speaking its desires the blood is speaking its opportunity no wonder sometimes it has been taught as the patterns in a bloodline because the pattern in the bloodline is actually the voice the desire of your blood it can speak certain things it can attract and call for something how much more the blood of christ how much more the blood of christ in you it must call the desires of heaven it must call holiness it must call righteousness it must call love it must call peace it must call faith because there's a new blood that is in me it's a new blood i plead the blood i plead the blood there are sometimes there are things you can't talk about you just say lord i plead the blood let the blood speak for me let the blood speak for me let the blood speak for me when man sins because his blood contains sin satan silences the voice in the earth and when jesus blood that's not when king's blood hit the earth even satan could not stop the voice he could still speak many years later he still speaking when jesus blood hit the earth hey tomorrow I'll get there i'll show you the spot he bled and what he did there was a speaking and the devil could not stop it the devil could not stop it and the shocking thing is that it's continuously sprinkling it didn't stop once it's sprinkling every day that means everything that happened at calvary everything that happened at golgotha is still speaking till date nothing has stopped this flow nothing has stopped this power is still speaking can somebody begin to plead the blood over their family plead the blood over your ministry plead the blood over your health plead the blood over your body plead the blood plead the blood plead the blood somebody plead the blood he said i plead the blood i plead the blood it is an amendment in the spirit i plead the blood the devil comes to tell you you cannot make it anymore things are bad you will fail plead the blood i plead the blood i plead the blood i plead
evidence that makes you overcome the enemy that makes you overcome the evil one Prosecutor. As soon as you see accuser in the Bible, it has to do with a legal issue. So Satan comes as an accuser towards God as a judge. So what is your case? And what's your evidence? That in spite of what you have done, you should go through. That in spite of what you are doing, you should be delivered. The evidence of the blood. The blood. The blood. The blood is the reason. The, the blood is the reason why when you sinned, you didn't die when you sinned. You were able to wake up. You were able to sleep for one week. And you woke up and said, Hey, what have I done? You had enough time to even remember your son and to be preached to that what you did was sin. And said, Jesus Christ. So for the past six months, I've been sinning. What has kept you? The blood. You know why? Oh, tomorrow I'll get there. That red rope that Rahab lowered in the Hebrew is also the word for hope. Is also the word for hope. So in spite that she is a prostitute, because of the signal of the red cloth, 
her prostitution does not disqualify her to the point where God even links her to Salomon the great great grandfather of Jesus there is the blood the blood was I love scripture Mark says and Mary Magdalene early in the morning together with Mary the mother of Jesus and Salome came to the tomb he said Mary Magdalene the one from whom seven spirits were cast out so even Jesus will use a former demonic agent Jesus is the only one who can do that you don't believe the blood that's why you think some people who are demonized they can never be used by God he said the one from whom seven spirits came out blood can you help us sing this song let's sing it to Revelation that's what I wanted them to put God bless you for listening to this message. You can also enjoy our messages on Anchor, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and all other podcast platforms. Visit us at Dominion Chapel International, the special place near the XGI building, Shashi, Accra. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive more life-impacting teachings by our seasoned ministers of the gospel every single week. You can also follow DCI, the special place, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Always remember that God loves you.